Welcome to the special Halloween edition of the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Prout. Bree, it's that witching time of year where all the ghouls and gals go out and uh, trick-or-treat. Wait, it's a pandemic. I don't know that anybody's doing that anymore. I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of uh, photos of like a lot of like trunk retreats. Mm-hmm. So, Fun facts. I, you no, know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying I was surprised to see them so early, especially since Halloween is on a weekend. I mean, I suppose it's a Sunday, but usually it's done by, at least in my neck of the woods, five thirty, six o'clock, because then it's dark. I know the last two Halloweens we virtually had no trick-or-treaters but a lot of that is just you know pandemic parents aren't taking their kids out or they're going to specialty parties um we took the kids to legoland last weekend and my son got to dress up in his pj mask gecko outfit and we had our daughter in a little uh uh batgirl onesie (laughs) he basically sat in her her little uh, uh, car seat slash attachment for the uh, the stroller. Well, um, my son actually had the chance to get some candy. But for this episode, I went ahead and did you a solid. Oh I'm boy. wearing I'm wearing my authentic Halloween costume. Can you guess which celebrity I am dressed as? <laughs> Honestly, as soon as you said costume, I was like, he's gonna say Slave Leia. <laughs> That's close. That's really, really close. But no, I am authentically dressed as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's right. You were like, holy cow, he hashtag nailed it. Whoa, I can't believe it. Twins. My wife would even be like, wow, I can't believe I am married to The Rock's lookalike. I know, it's tough. It's (laughs) tough to to, uh, not not believe that I, we should probably turn the camera off for this podcast because i know it's distracting it absolutely it is it's so yeah. distracting i'm gonna forget my sentences <laughs> all right so no broadcast would be complete without what's your halloween candy concession oh you totally could have made a rhyme i'm disappointed oh lord man go yeah. ahead no what, what was the rhyme you said something wouldn't be complete without your Halloween treat. Come on, man. All right. Okay, fair. No, 10 points to Gryffindor um, <laughs> right there for that one. Hufflepuff. All right. Hufflepuff. Puff and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your Halloween concession candy? Your trick-or-treat candy. My trick-or-treat candy. You know what? I used to get so excited when you would go to the houses that were going to have, like, a real candy bar. Mm-hmm. Um, Snickers was always something I'd get really excited about, or Reese's Pieces. But you know, yeah, what really absolute, you know what my absolute favorite probably is if I were, like, in the grocery store and picking something out? 
Okay. This is a good bar. Ooh, that is a good one. Hence the name. It is Truth in Mm -hmm. Advertising. It is a good bar. All right. And um, just a little snippet, courtesy of Legoland Brick or Treat that happened last weekend. Um, I'm sporting the Strawberry Airheads. Man, I haven't Which, had one of those in a while. I know, and your favorite, Starburst. Now, now, now I got to open it to see what's inside. And oh no, no yellow! I got myself uh, what your favorite orange? Yep, and uh, cherry. Too great to taste it. Tastes great together. All right. Um, when you held up the airhead, it also kind of made me think. Once upon a time. Mm-hmm. you used to be able to get I mean it's hard to find it period but it's not like it used to be but it used to be watermelon Laffy Taffy oh yeah. yeah 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 and they used to have like the little black candies in them to like represent seeds oh I don't so remember good. that I that's do. interesting it, that was one of my favorites and every now and then um I'll see watermelon Laffy Taffy and when I do I buy like an obnoxious amount of them because I'm like, okay. I don't find them anywhere else. I, I gotta get them. Um, but they don't have the seeds anymore. So it's like, you know, it's just not as good. Things are always better when you're a kid. Uh, sure. And going trickery. Your- gushers used to be the size of my face. Now they're like the size <laughs> of my pinky toenail. But going out trick or treating with your friends, you know, like I did when I was little, and uh, we always would be happy when we got chocolate from a house. But I noticed that some of my friends would be disappointed when they would get the little circular containers of Sixlets. You know, basically the round mm. chocolate that nice. has the candy shell. Grease balls. They're so good, though. Uh, uh, right. And, you know, I used to remember saying, um, I, I forget the kid's name, but I remember saying to him, going, oh, yeah, man, I'll totally trade you that. What do you want? I didn't want to give him any of the good stuff for it. But he always got rid of the sixlets, and I love those, man. I was popping those like they were, you know, Pez. Well, you shouldn't be giving him something good if he thinks he's giving you a bad candy. Like, that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. I think I gave him, like, um, uh, sugar daddies or sugar babies. Not a fan. Not yeah, a fan. Yeah, those for me any day. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I remember I'd get those, and my dad would be like, hey, those are great. I'm going to take those. Be like, all right, have at it. And we all know it was a ruse that they were checking, air quote, your candy. And I'm sure I I'm sure I lost a few Reese's peanut butter cups in the day because of that, but you know. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, That's water under the bridge. Peanut butter gets you every time. Exactly. Well, we're here to talk about Halloween. So specifically the holiday. And I figure about this would be a good way for us to kind of share with others what we think our top three scary films are a piece for Halloween. And then, um, you know, we can talk about maybe some of the traditional stuff that we saw on there, too, as well. Some of the random shows and such. But uh, let's start off with your third favorite scary Mm. movie. So here's the thing. Okay. (laughs) When it comes to horror films or even thrillers, specifically psychological thrillers, that's my Mm -hmm. thing. Um. Gosh, I like far too many to be able to say I have a favorite. Okay. So what I did was I thought about some that are usually in my 
uh, must see every Halloween. Okay. So maybe that makes a favorite. And also some that are like worthwhile to talk about. I mean, like any movie, I mean, I can think of all the movies that scared me when I was little and they make me laugh now, but they were still good movies and still are today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of shied away from those and just thought about like, if I were to make a recommendation to someone and I like, I wanted it to be impactful, what would I pick? Okay. So I think I already wrote, I just wrote them down um, as we were starting. So I wouldn't forget because my brain doesn't work so well these days. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go down the list in the order in which I wrote them. Obviously one at a time. Cause you know, you yeah. Never turn to- yeah, of course. Um, so the first one I wrote down was Halloween and I put a one and a two. Okay. Now these Halloween movies are not Jamie Lee Curtis movies. These are the Rob Zombie ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are those are what are on my list. Um, I have always been <laughs> a huge fan of Rob Zombie, um, in all of the weird, creepy ways. <laughs> okay. Um, just his his vision and the way he takes things is just. Oh, it's so intense. It's gross. It's disgusting. It makes you uncomfortable, but it's still so good. It's always a great story. Um, other things he's known for House of a Thousand Corpses, um, mm-hmm. the Rejects, um, that's just to name a few. So, Halloween, the first one, it's a reimagined, um, more gruesome story of uh, Michael Myers and um where he comes from where he went how he became who he is as most people know him in that mask mm-hmm. um his kind of his reasoning and logic or lack thereof behind uh, you know his mass murders and um where that goes from here uh again very graphic. If you are not a blood and gore person, this is not, not a movie for you. Um, First one was phenomenal. I was just, I was glued to watching it when I first saw it um, and like couldn't wait to see it again. So when the second one was coming out, to say that I was really excited is an absolute understatement. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was highly disappointed, unfortunately. Uh, and the reason for that is, um, so with this storyline, again, like I said, you, you meet Michael as a kid and, um, he's already kind of like, he's living in this family environment that isn't really, um, you know, your white picket fence, happy family home, um, Mm -hmm. his Mom works at a strip club. She's got a an alcoholic boyfriend who treats her and the kids like junk. He's got an older sister who just despises him and hates her whole life so much that she takes that on everyone around her. Um, she's got her boyfriend who's over there all the time who, you know, is kind of acting the same way as though he's somehow in charge of the family. Um, and he's got a baby sister. And he loves his baby sister more than anything. 
Um, and in order to protect his baby sister, he does all of these really horrible things and that gets him locked up. Um, he gets put into essentially an asylum um, where he never speaks again. And he works with, um, with the doctor there. I can't remember his name, but he's played by, um, Malcolm, Malcolm, um, McDowell. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, I believe orange. I was going to say, I believe, uh, the character was still the same from the remake as it was from the original. You're looking for Dr. Loomis. Yes. Yes. That is mm-hmm. correct. Um, and so like, and, but Dr. Loomis, he's, he's more like just obsessed with Michael mm-hmm. than he is with helping Michael. He wants to essentially create this book um, that's going to make him all of this money and whatever happens to Michael happens to Michael. And so once again, Michael's just kind of a pawn in this game, you know? So, so you kind of get an insight into like the inner thinkings of who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, fast forward X amount of years later, you meet this girl played by Scout Taylor, who is just stunning and gorgeous and such a phenomenal actress. Um, and long story short, after all of the series of killings again, um, and and lots of nudity because it's Rob Zombie, um, you learn that Scout's character is Michael's baby sister from growing up. Gotcha. Um so going into number two, then um, it's after, after the fact, after everything happened. And what I didn't like were the character arcs, the best friend who survives um, Scout's character. I remember the baby as a little baby was Boo, but I don't remember who she became as a um, Lori. Uh, Lori. Hello, Lori. Still same <laughs> names as before. Hello. Um but the character arcs were so bizarre. And even after going through something as gruesome and awful as everything that happens in the first one, I still could not work through my non-Rob Zombie brain to understand how that could possibly make sense. So that threw me off a little bit. It was still a good movie. And had you not seen the first one, you'd be like, oh, this is pretty good. But because I felt a more intimate connection with those characters the first time around. I didn't care so much for the second one. Um, okay. That's my take on Rob Zombie Halloween. <laughs> okay. But <clears throat> again, this would be one of the ones where you'd be like, yeah, Halloween time, if it was on, you'd probably watch it. Absolutely. I would drop everything to sit down and watch it. All right. So Halloween has always been interesting to me from certain aspects. I mean, as a kid, you know, I think of it as trick-or-treating and, um, you know, going home. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden we're rolling into another holiday, you know, uh, the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, that's uh, Christmas starts on uh, November 1st, unlike uh, most other people. (laughs) I've already warned the people at work. November 1st, Christmas music, it's happening, people. Um, <laughs> I hope you have your own office. <laughs> I don't. I'm in a cubicle area. So, uh, you know, there's certain certain traditions I've had over the years with certain films, um, one of which was kind of like a one and done, but it still to this day has left an impression on me. Um, the one I'm dropping in my number three slot is going to be Um, we'll just label all three of my picks as part of a franchise or franchises. Uh, 
Okay. This one would be the film Hostel. If you've Ooh. ever seen Hostel <laughs> 1 or 2, it took a lot to sit through that film. Heck yes, it Both does. Of I'm them. not even a dude. <laughs> no, and you know, I used to work at Disney with um, one of my peers. Uh, I don't know if you had the chance to work with her when you were in the backlands with me, um, Jenny Solano. And Jenny Solano, I knew her originally from the Mickey's of Hollywood days, and she's a huge horror fan. And we would share stories sometimes about some of the films that we'd seen. But when she's like, oh, you've got to see Hostel. Holy smokes. That film, just the quick synopsis on it. You've got a bunch of 20-somethings who are backpacking across Europe. They managed to just, you know, go hang out somewhere over in, I think it was the Ukraine. And they decide they're going to stay in a hostel. I will never stay in a hostel because of this film. Because those people ended up getting picked one by one to be pulled into a dungeon to have their organs harvested by rich people who pay obscene amount of money just to be able to kill them. So why did I sit through Hostel 2? In this case, I was like, you know, I've already seen the first one. Maybe there's a redemptive arc on it. But really, Hostel 2 is a survivor from Hostel 1, then goes back to basically kill all the people who did wrong to her friends and such. It was a revenge film. It's really, that's what it came down to. Um, I don't know that I would ever revisit that. Uh, definitely not now that I have kids. But that was a film that I saw around Halloween that holds true. I've seen a lot of horror movies in my day. Mm-hmm. I mean, my yeah, cousin... This is, uh, this is extreme. Yeah, my, my cousin, uh, when I was staying at his house, uh, my 13th birthday, I saw a horror film called Happy Birthday to Me. But that was... Mm-hmm. in april that wasn't halloween i've seen all the friday the 13th mm-hmm. mostly after you get to a certain point where you get like jason goes to space and <laughs> such it's it's just curiosity more than anything right else here. like what else can you possibly tell about these films right. but uh that that hostile one and two yeah. uh definitely high impact for me mm-hmm. one and done yep i i would agree with that okay. yes Yes, it would take a lot for me to want to watch that again. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to co- cosplay that either from that. <laughs> Anyways, what else you got? Unless you're like the chick that's like in the bathtub. Oh. And they, you know? Yeah, no, not so yeah, much. That's really the only thing I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> My next one is like a... Uh, I've been talking to you about this one for a while. I've been really wanting to to, to chat about this um, because it's so intense. It's so good. And it's not a trilogy. It's not a saga. I feel like it's a whole, <laughs> you know, you've got MCU. I feel like this is a whole, like, cinematic universe in and of itself. Um, and that's The Conjuring Oh, okay. All right. Uh, for some reason, I was like, oh, wow, you must be talking about Mariah Carey's Glitter. 
Anyways. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Had to work so, that into an episode again. I, you know, every time you talk about something scary, I feel like that always gets brought up. <laughs> uh, my apologies to Mariah Carey. Actually, no, not really. Nah. Nah, I take that back. Anyway, you know, as much smack as I talk about, it, I've not seen it. I really should just sit down one time and see it, just so that I can actually I say that I saw it. And the scary I thing is, I'd probably come back phenomenal. and go, "Oh my gosh, it was phenomenal!" Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Right. But anyways, okay, Conjuring. Yes, yeah, the Conjuring world, the cinematic universe. I'm just going to keep using that. That includes um, Annabelle, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. So. With this, it it follows the like quote unquote true stories of um, paranormal um, investigators. There's a better title for them, but I can't think of it right now. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, and they're real people from the 70s. Um, I believe they were in the Pennsylvania area. Okay. That sounds right. Don't quote me. Uh, anyway, so these movies, um, they started with The Conjuring. And in The Conjuring, you meet the doll Annabelle. And you get just a little bit of a background on her. Uh, and from there, it, oh gosh, this whole thing just took off. I mean, I when it comes to um, like scary movies that I enjoy the most, it's not... Um, you know, it's not loud noises that make you jump. You're like, oh my gosh, I was so scared. It's, um, I love um, like the paranormal and possession. Like those are like, mm-hmm. I love that. And I don't know why, maybe that makes me a weirdo, but I love it. And you get all of that with um, this whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, Annabelle. Annabelle comes home. Uh, um, Annabelle creation. You've got um, the nun. You've got the curse of La Irona. You've got most recently, I think this is the eighth one now. Um, the Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It. Oh right. Um, mm-hmm. That one when that came out, I mean, there's there was so much hype about it because you know. First, you know, conjuring part of the conjuring world that was coming out and it was supposed to be the scariest one yet. Um, side note, just side note while I'm thinking of this too. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren were a part of the paranormal investigation surrounding the Amityville horror house in, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, Amity, New York, just mm-hmm. side note. Anyway. And I think that that's kind of where all of this started to stem and grow and blow up right. anyway so conjuring the devil made me do it um you know is the scariest one the best one yet yeah it was i did not have emotion to it whatsoever um so i was really disappointed in that and i think it's because i was told it was going to be the best one yet so okay. i had really high hopes just knowing how impressed i've always been with this um world i hope that it is not the last story that we get. Um, you know, just a small segue going on to Amityville Horror. Um, you know, th- that movie came out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been, 
you know, Amity Resurrection, like all these different side Amities. Uh, and then there was the remake with Ryan Reynolds and like, I don't know, 08, something like that. Don't quote me again. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have IMDb up for this conversation like I normally do. Um, but I'm pretty impressed with myself if it is 08. Um, anyway, so it'd be cool to see because they briefly mention Amity. So it'd be really cool to see like the Conjuring version of Amity. But it's mm-hmm. already been done so many times. But based on my Ed and Lorraine knowledge, um, I don't really know where else they could go, but I want them to keep going because I always really look forward to these movies. I just don't want them to ever talk about it being the best one yet. Right. Um, So the first one I saw again was The Conjuring. Um, Was that your favorite in the series? You know, I got so dang excited when when they were going to come out with Annabelle because... You know, you get a little bit of that creep factor in learning what or who Annabelle is. Um, so I loved that one. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um, similar to like Marvel and how all these movies are coming out, there's also a chronological order to them too. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the Curse of La Irona is technically the first one. And then it goes to the nun. The nun character, I think, is the most terrifying out of anything right. we've seen yeah. in this world. But Conjuring and Conjuring 2 are more, um, I mean, all of them are possession, but like they're like really focused on like body taking, like taking over your body possession. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what got me hooked. So I'm going to stick with Conjuring as like my favorite one of the series. Okay. Um, is it the best one? You know, I don't, probably not because the, the stories do get better and better with the exception of the devil made me do it. Um, but that's, I mean, that's what got me hooked. And I was like, dang, I'm going to watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my second pick is something that, uh, I had first seen, and it's a series, and I had first seen it when I was doing... Five. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I had first... Um, I, I, a friend of mine that I was working with uh, in Oregon, I was doing an overnight inventory, and they're like, hey... while you have to hang out for hours on end overnight in the mall, why don't you go ahead and just watch this? Cause I was going to bring in my portable DVD player with little monitor. And I'm like, all right. And there's nothing for me to do when a third party company is just calculating your, your inventory anyway. (laughs) You don't go behind them and count. Not at first. They have to do all the bulk counts first. And then when it's done, then you spot check them. Absolutely. But I knew with the size of the store I was working with, I had time. So I popped in the headphones, I slotted in a DVD. And for the first time ever, I got introduced to the world of Jigsaw. Saw one. That movie, I remember thinking, why am I watching this at three o'clock in the morning? Cause I'm still going to have to go home at some point and try and sleep. 
That was crazy. But here's what I like about the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, first off, the killings were brutal. Some mm-hmm. of them, I'm like, I have to look away. I can't even handle it. But mm-hmm. when they started coming out every yeah. Halloween, when I think it was Saw 3 and through, I don't know, Pi or whatever, however many they had, 10 of them, I don't know. I think there were seven or eight. But before they got to like Jigsaw and Spiral, those films, I'd mm-hmm. seen all of them because they were dropping them on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And there was a tradition that some of my coworkers at Disney and I had where we would go to the AMC at, at, at the time, downtown Disney, but now Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. And we would watch each of those Saw films. And some of them would always laugh going, I'm not going to watch that again. And be like, you've just sat through the last three years with us. You might as well go, oh, yeah, I, w- I don't want to be left out. And they would still go anyway. But the reason why I thought that franchise was good that we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm, we have. We like stories that are original. We like mm-hmm. stories that actually tell a story. Like I don't just go watch a film for gore for gore's sake. Like these things, each of them play out in a certain manner, mm-hmm. and they tie in together. Some of them are running parallel to another film in the series, and some mm-hmm. of them move forward. Some of them move backward. But, I mean, just look at the cast they've had involved, too. I mean, the very first one had uh, Carrie Elwes from Princess Bride. He was one of the first Mm -hmm. characters. The guy who he's locked up in that really bad bathroom, um, Mm -hmm. that guy was actually the creator of the whole franchise. I think his name's Adam. I'd have to relook that one up. You're but being um, very, um, you're being being very polite and saying he was in a bad bathroom. Right. I mean, I'm trying to Obvious. keep it family friendly <laughs> at this point. But um, my 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 point <laughs> my point being is that they've interwoven these stories mm-hmm. so tight that when you get the reveal, you go, "Oh, okay." And ju- some of them, just when you think that you've got it figured out. They mm-hmm. pull the rug out from underneath you and go, nope, that's what we wanted you to do and, and look at, but that's not really happening. So mm-hmm. I give them props. Um, I have not seen Jigsaw or Spiral. And I, I understand that there is some additional films coming out because for me, I hate to say it, but for me, Jigsaw died once we realized that he dies in real life. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert you find out like eight films later that he dies in real life. And then, you know, who's been taking on the mantle, but um, I don't know. So I'm, I'm just assuming there's copycats involved. I'm sure they're great. I'm sure I'll catch it at some point. So I've seen at least, I think both of them may be on HBO max now, Um, but a little tough to do when you have little ones around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tend not to watch them too late at night uh, if my wife's up because I don't want her to have bad dreams either, you know. But okay. um, so that one's my second one. Um, let's see. So we are up to what your number one, or not your number one, but your your third. Mm-hmm. I mean, of these three, I guess I would consider it probably number one. Um probably my number one recommended scary movie because it's got everything 
in my mind, that you want in a scary movie. It's got the suspense. It's got the um, the loud noises and the scare factors. It's got a really good storyline, an original storyline. It's got a phenomenal cast. It's got some paranormal to it. And just an all-over creepy vibe and not a happy ending. Okay. And that movie is Sinister. Interesting. All right. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this this movie, um, I, just, I remember in seeing it the first time and getting to the end and just being like jaw on the floor, which is like. That never happens because it's so, (laughs) I feel like it's so hard to impress me when it comes to something scary, Mm -hmm. um, just because I love it so much that I get really picky. Um, Gosh, it's so good. Uh, So the premise of this is Ethan Hawke's character is a, an author and he writes about murders and mysteries and crime Mm -hmm. and the storyline opens up with him moving into this new home with his family and the police are out there kind of harassing him a little bit and his wife isn't really sure what's going on because she's not a part of the conversation and through dialogue you kind of learn that he recently based on his book that was most recently published sent a man to prison um, for a murder of some small town something 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 um, and the police couldn't figure it out so um, now he's moving into this home so his wife's like you know we're not we're not moving into you know we're not down the road from a, a murder home again are we and he's like no 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 you're not and then it pans over to this tree that you saw in the very beginning opening credits of a family dying under said tree um and you realize no we didn't move next door we moved into the home of where it all happened and so from there between night terrors from his son um, and him discovering this shoebox of old eight millimeter film um, that he starts watching, uh, you learn that these films contain multiple family murders. And in every single murder, there's a child missing. Hmm. So this, the, the, the premise is, okay, this family has been murdered and uh, and the child is missing so mm-hmm. and, and it keeps happening so then he starts investigating each one of them and that's essentially what happened to where he lives the family was hung from the tree but stephanie the little girl where's stephanie and um the more he's watching the film the more he's starting to notice certain things um and then that's when you learn about this um I don't even know what to call him. Um, <laughs> like a, a, a being, a presence, uh, Mr. Boogie. 
And Mr. Okay. Boogie befriends the children. And all of this stuff just starts to unfold and starts happening to him and his family while they're living there. And you start to learn through a little bit of police investigation, as well as his own investigation, the connection to each of these family murders over the course of decades. Interesting. Okay. And damn, it's good. I love it. (laughs) So good. It's so good. They came out with a second one and the second one gives a lot more of the story of how Mr. Boogie meets the children, Mm -hmm. how the children react to Mr. Boogie and then what happens next. Okay. Not, anywhere near as good as sinister but for anyone who is curious about that it does offer that explanation not necessary in any okay. way, shape or form you 100 percent have to watch the first one in order to fully understand the second one Ooh, but the second right. one is not necessary to walk away from the first one and be like okay <sighs> so before before I give my my final franchise, mm-hmm. um, let's run down a few honorable mentions here that that okay. could have easily have been chosen. All right, <clears throat> Blair Witch Project. Yeah. That no, but think about it like this: Did you watch it in the theater or did you watch it on television? Honestly, I don't even remember. It was so long ago, but. It, Blair Witch did lend to paranormal activity. Right. And so, and, uh, and not that garbage Blair Witch 2 that was just a straight to DVD search for cash type of cash grab. Um, also, Crimson Peak. Crimson, Crimson Peak. It wasn't gore, but it was more of a thriller. Yeah. And it had the paranormal activity with the ghosts. I all right, all right, all right, all right, Tiger. So before you get too far into your eh, 13 Ghosts. Heck yeah. I just watched that the other night. Right. I mean, <laughs> that was intense. That was an intense yeah. film. It was uh, a really cool role, too, for Matthew Lillard. Like, I think that he's always going to be that high energy off the wall guy, and there's no way to tame that. Right. But this is a unique role for him where he wasn't acting like a fool. You yeah. Know? He was, uh, he was more than that. Candyman. Mm-hmm. The, the I original. Almost, I almost put that on my list and I was like, no, Eric. Really? Not, uh, not that I don't know about the remake. The original one, yes. Uh, I'm I mean, not yeah. sure about the remake. I wouldn't call it a favorite. That's the only reason why I didn't put it on there. No, I that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That? Honorable mention. That's doable. Um, so, I mean, I'm taking this back to like pg-13 scary movies before i was allowed to watch rated r movies okay and they were darn terrifying uh the ring yeah i was also gonna suggest it the recent films i thought about putting that on pretty intense oh my gosh they're so good though bill skarsgård just Mm -hmm. blows me away Every time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> in his, it, for that movie, just a side note, I don't know if you knew this, but they kept him away from the kids. Right. 
in the first scene they ever filmed with I and uh, now I might be totally messing this up, but I'm pretty sure the first scene they ever filmed with the kids seeing him is when in the first one when they're in the house right and they're in the kitchen and it's the two boys. Oh yeah. So that was like their first time seeing Bill as Pennywise. Wow. Yeah. So it was like real. So uh, I stuff like that I think is so cool when you like you bring out the real. I like that. Um yeah, I, I thought about putting that on my list. The, the last honorable mention I want to give is to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Mm, Just yes. because I know we've yes. talked about that briefly when it involved um, Player Ready one. Player One, but that one also is still kind of one of those classics. Um, yeah. But no. Mind trip too. There's so much to pay attention to and see new every single time, even if you've seen it 25 times. Yeah. Something new. So, cool. so my third one is a classic. It um, is going to be almost a repeat of earlier in this episode, but is 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween. And the reason for that is you have Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in there who have reprised their roles over time. Um, and even recently with Halloween Kills, Jamie Lee Curtis is back I have not had the opportunity to watch it either in theater or on um, Peacock streaming because mm-hmm. if you, yeah, have, you have to upgrade and whatnot. And I'm like, I've got so many streaming services right now. Like so. $16 a month instead of six. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm good on that, but um, I do want to see it because I've heard positive reviews about it, um, which should be interesting. But um, this film, for those that don't know by now, I mean, the whole premise is, is Michael Myers is a boy and he uh, ends up, you know, killing his sister and then is put into an institution. His parents have a sister later, ends up being Jamie Lee Curtis, and he breaks out of the institution. Dr. Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, um, is trying to stop him. That's his sole purpose is he wants to stop him. And uh, I think it takes five or six movies for Donald Pleasance to be able to do his thing. But what I remember is, and this sounds so strange, but I was, I think, in sixth grade. And at one point after 1980-something, four-ish or so, or maybe, no, maybe it was two, at Halloween time, I think it was NBC that would show it late at night. But I was too little to be able to watch it. My parents were like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> but we had a television. This was before everyone had televisions in every single room of their house. We had one in the living room, one in my parents' room. And that was pretty high tech for the day because, yes, I'm old. And I would sneak into my parents' room while that was going. My parents would be watching something else in the living room. And I would try to catch some of it. But I would, but I would only catch snippets of it. So like there are certain musical compositions, you know, the, the theme from Halloween is pretty recognizable, (laughs) but there was a song that was playing uh, in that film. That's a pretty common song from back in the day. And that was Mr. Sandman, you know, the, 
Sandman. Yep, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream, etc. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to school. I remember going to school after it had aired and having that song stuck in my head. And while we were in class, I don't know, we were working on some art project. One of the kids that I went to school with suddenly started singing that song at almost the exact moment that note and, and words were in my head. And I was like, okay, that's a little eerie, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, that film even though now it seems very uh, dated, still has quite the impact uh, if you were someone who's never seen it and were to watch it, because it did bring you the type of crazy killer that didn't run. It was a slow, maniacal approach. Even Friday the 13th, Jason had a little bit of oomph in his step. No. Michael is walking like he is not in any hurry, but then you turn a door and the next thing you know, there he is. He just so happens to, I don't know, magically teleport. (laughs) But that, that whole Halloween franchise minus Halloween three season of the witch, which had nothing to do with Michael Myers or anything in that franchise. It was just a cash grab. Take that out of the equation. One, two, four, and five were probably the best. Does that include Halloween H2O 20 years later with Josh Hartnett? Um, H2O, I think, would have been like six or seven in the original franchise. Here's like for that one for me, because I'm a huge Josh Hartnett fan. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um what I was disappointed about in that one was they kind of messed up the storyline. I can't remember if she talks about her because like growing up or you know or blah, 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 words in as the series is taking off prior to 20 years later um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character Lori has a daughter. Mm-hmm. But in Halloween H2O, she has a son. And they never, ever, 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 ever reference her daughter. It's part so of I think they kind of oopsed because <laughs> they so desperately wanted Josh Hartnett in the series. Which makes okay. sense. He was such a, a heartthrob. He still it's, is. It's part of the heart. Halloween multiverse. It's just that particular Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's son, but the other one's daughter. That's funny. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I noticed that actually on my most recent watch. Um, that being said, I still have some honorable mentions. Okay, all right. Unless and then, you have more uh, to say about Halloween. No, no, no. Ha- that was it. Halloween is my, my top out of that. I don't watch them every year, but um, I mm. definitely look back on, on those uh, years as like definitive and Mm -hmm. and some of my movie watching Um, before you get to the rest of your honorable mentions well before we get to the rest of your honorable mentions I was also going to mention that has nothing to do with horror films but the other tradition was of course watching It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and if you have Apple TV it's on there almost all of the Charlie Brown specials are on there that you can watch for free all year round you don't have to yeah. wait for PBS to show it or whoever's going to show it. But um, anyways, I, the, have, uh, I have never seen that movie. 
the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Never seen Shut it. the front door. How have you not seen that? It's a cartoon <laughs> short. I have not seen it. Ever. <sighs> I barely feel like I've actually in full watched the Christmas one either. Wow. Okay. You have a homework assignment? Um, <laughs> anyways, what's your honorable mention? Um, so I already said the ring. That one was, um, I remember making sure when I saw it in theaters that I didn't watch all of the VHS tape because I didn't want to die in seven days. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I don't think I've ever seen all of the VHS tape. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, the Others with Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, that was pre- um, spidey senses and being able to see and predict and know what was going on mm-hmm. uh, when I watch it now it's totally obvious the storyline behind it um, and where it's heading but it's still great every time um, another favorite and I actually just watched this the other night darkness okay. falls oh yeah 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 uh-huh. yeah it's a, it's a it's a good one they did yeah. a really good job with that one and then last, and I kind of already said it, and I don't know if this would necessarily classify as a horror film. Okay. But a Clockwork Orange. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I guess I can see where. One of my, where... my favorite Halloween costume go-tos. Sure. Okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it would be a, I mean, it's kind of like. Maybe it's more like a thriller, like a psychological thriller. Yeah. Um, But as we wrap this up, though, for this episode, I have to say I'm a little disappointed. I thought for sure I had your number one peg. I really did. Oh, boy. What did you think? Anything by your buddy M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) You have been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe. It was all just a dream. It was all just a dream. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh Yeah. And I am your other host, Bree Prout. Next episode of the Red Carpet Cafe will be on Monday, November 8th, where guest host Jen Scott and I will be discussing Ted Lasso. And I think think if we time this right Bree and I will have an episode ready for November 15th. In the meantime bkrpn.com is where you can find us. We are part of the Be Kind Rewind podcast network and hopefully everyone has a safe and happy Halloween and if you do go out and do any kind of trick or treating if your neighborhood allows it please make sure you check the kids candy it's important plus two you might be able to nab yourself something good out of the kids stash stay (laughs) safe everyone 